This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Kenyan Wall Street Podcast. It's Ali Mwakaneno, your usual host. So today I am with Aisha Pandor, the founder and CEO of Swift South, and we want to get to know more about her startup. Welcome to the show, Aisha. Thanks, Ali. Thanks for having me. So Swift South, what does the platform do? So Swift South is a platform that's available as an app or website that connects busy homeowners who need help with things around the house with home service professionals who can help with everything from cleaning to gardening to plumbers and electricians um, and a range of services. We are very driven to, in addition to being about convenience for people ordering these services, we're very driven around uh, our mission of helping to create meaningful work opportunities for home service providers who were previously unemployed or underemployed. We all know that the current, or rather I, I'm saying current from, from a Kenyan context here, is that um, in case someone needed home service, there's a way you can just connect to domestic workers. In Kenya for laundry, it's the mama force directly mm-hmm. through either maybe phone numbers or you know someone who knows someone. What's the edge of having a platform instead? Well, you know, I I, um, I think of it in the sense of my experience of these markets um, in, in the countries that I've visited, Kenya included. You know, there's on the one hand, the consumer who a phone call, you know, we're as young people, we're becoming more and more uh, digitally capable, uh, digitally literate, you know, just used to ordering all of these services online. Um, and so the difference to me is someone saying, well, I can just, uh, you know, call the restaurant myself and, uh, and I can, you know, um, go and pick up the order or I can get them to bring the order to me versus a platform which, you know, which, which manages everything end to end in a very seamless way and in which the, the whole transaction from like, I need someone to it's done and that person has been vetted already and is booked and everything's confirmed. That's taking place over on an app over you know two or three minutes. So there's a big convenience aspect versus what existed before. But I think also, you know, and going back to the service providers who work on platforms like Sweep South, um, my experience is that people are sitting around waiting for work um, all day, you know, and they'll maybe get a call to say you have a booking tomorrow or there's a request for your services. Whereas on the platform, we're managing, helping to manage schedules so that if you're someone who wants to work, you know, two, three, four times a week over a long period, we're able to put those bookings into your schedule. And ultimately, there should be very little wait time or, you know, I'm waiting for someone to call me, hoping that with this agency, there's going to be a customer who, you know, specifically wants me as the person who's going to go and do a job. So, so we're really just are facilitating a much more seamless experience on, on all sides. Most of the founders that I have interacted with have 
a sort of personal story behind behind the venture. What's mm -hmm. yours? Yeah, so um, ours, ours is the case as well. So my co-founder in the business is my husband, who is also our CTO. And we are firm believers, firstly, just in general, in the ability of technology to really change the world and bring about um, progress and sort of, you know, um, speed up progress, particularly on the continent when it comes to uh, education, financial inclusion, um, employment and work opportunities, you know, a range of things. And so we have always wanted to start a tech business, um, didn't know what, liked the idea of platform marketplaces because you are benefiting, basically you're benefiting two sides um, of a transaction and you have to make sure that both sides, you know, you're, you're value adding on both sides, which makes it more complex, but I think also more rewarding from an ecosystem point of view. And so our, our personal experience is that we were working through business ideas at home at the time, uh, had resigned from our jobs um, because we knew we wanted to start a business, still weren't sure what it would be. And our nanny and helper at home said she was going to be going away um, over the holiday period. And um, she asked us to try and find a replacement to step in short term. And that process was very, very inconvenient and um, convoluted for us. It was a big, big, big waste of time. Just, you know, as you said, calling these agencies, uh, trying to find the right person, then wanting to speak to the person before they came to our home to make sure that, you know, they would gel with our family, et cetera, et cetera. And then I think on the other hand, we really saw the experience of these women who, who did this type of work, um, you know, being badly paid, badly treated, um, being underemployed in many cases. And so we saw the opportunity through our own experience to, to use technology to just make that whole experience a lot better for everyone involved. As a young person who might be interested in, in the services, could you walk me through how the platform works? And that's before, again, we go back to the story because I feel like there's still something more we can explore. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, again, the, the ordering is through a, a website or an app. Um, we started off as a home cleaning service. We now offer a range of different services from, you know, indoor cleaning, outdoor gardening and cleaning, um, heavy lifting for moving services, fixing and maintenance. So you've got to choose which service you're looking for. Once you've done that, you give us a little bit of information about um, your home. So, you know, these are the hours that I'd like someone to work or uh, these are the bedrooms and bathrooms that I'd like to be serviced. Um, you can add a range of additional services. So if it's a home cleaning, you know, you can ask for laundry and ironing to be done as well. Um, and then you choose how often you'd like the service to be booked. So we offer sort of just once off ad hoc services, but you can also make a regular subscription type booking and um, and then that's it and we'll serve you a number of uh, service providers we can suggest for you and will initially suggest for you especially if you're a new customer based on our algorithms we'll say you know based on what you've asked to be done and your priorities and the area that you live in these are the people who who we suggest but you can also scroll through a list if you'd like to choose for yourself um, and you'll see you know biographies ratings experience etc of every person uh, and then once you've confirmed that, you give us your payment details and you book. That whole process, again, takes on average a few minutes. Um, so it's 
seamless, it's fast. Um, we try and, you know, take care of the decision-making as much as possible using the data that we've picked up from, you know, six or seven years of operations. And it's, yeah, you know, highly, highly convenient. And I think importantly, everyone on our platform has been vetted before being listed. So, you know, you know that these are people who have been background checked and have references, et cetera. Asha, when, when you were talking about um, this, this story on um, you and Alan starting the company, one of the things that you mentioned is the pay of the service provider at that time. Yeah. What are some of the ways in which you think Sweep South is improving the well-being of its employees, Sweepsters, yeah. and especially now that most of them belong to you know the informal sector and the gig economy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, we don't really like the term gig economy because um, especially through Sweep South, what we're helping people to do is to enter the workforce. And mm-hmm. often these are, you know, there are more ongoing relationships with a, a customer, for example, then, you know, this is just a, you know, a gig, a once off based thing. And I think, you know, what we do speaks to us wanting to have a longer term positive impact on people's experience of working in this industry. So um, yes, pay is one thing. I mean, you know, there's an absolute minimum that you can book uh, through the platform. So we, you know, we're, we have a floor where in the market outside of Sweep South, people will just negotiate down as low as, you know, as, as low as possible in many cases, unfortunately. And, you know, if someone's not willing to take that low cost, you'll just you know, go to someone else. Because as we know, in the markets that we operate in, there are very high levels of unemployment. And so, you know, people will take advantage. So we set we set a minimum price um, that is, you know, far above minimum wage in 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 any market that we're in. Um, we also do regular surveys that look at the payment of sweep stars versus other similar so other people working in the same industry outside of sweep South's environment. And in every single case, working on the sweep South platform, you're paid more. As someone who even formerly worked on the Sweep South platform and then went to go and privately work, you know, for, you know, a direct employer or whatever, people are also earning more. So, you know, what we're doing is setting a standard around pay, setting a standard around quality, et cetera, which is something that's very important in this industry that is very fragmented. You know, an individual is working in a home, that relationship sort of stays private and no one knows, you know, at, at large, what are people paying domestic workers on average? Um, what we've also tried to do is, so we've we've released an annual survey. Uh, this year will be our fourth year, I think, um, wow. where we, we actually collect data on how much domestic workers earn across South Africa. We're doing it in Kenya for this year, um, and, and we'll also do it in Nigeria. Um, so that people are aware, you know, when I'm paying someone X amount, how does this compare to uh, industry averages? How does it compare to... Uh, booking this work via a platform like Sweep South, and I think more importantly, what does this actually mean for this person's life and their own living expenses? So we really t- try and conscientize the public to you know how much domestic workers are paid. Uh, this work is super meaningful for the people who they work for, um, but you know what what is what is this person using that money for? Who are they taking care of? How much goes towards rent and groceries and everything else? And you know, you'll find that there's very, very little disposable income um, at the end of it. So just trying to sort of in the public sphere, have people understand how little um, 
people are actually being paid and hopefully over time that's going to result in not just in sweeps out's environment but you know in, in the whole industry on the continent uh payment rates going up and then the other benefits that we offer that are important so we've had partnerships that offer free life and disability insurance uh we've offered free educational courses financial literacy courses we help people with financial inclusion by opening up bank accounts for everyone who who comes to work on the platform and making sure that those bank accounts are not exploitative so they're not you know a, a a a bank account is going to you know use up 10% of your monthly income on banking fees for example um and then i think just professionalism and you know working for a platform where the platform has a reputation and has a brand people will treat you better they know that they're accountable so they you know they need to treat you properly they can't ask you to work you know three extra hours without paying you for that um so there's a there's a, a big element of also just being part of a a network where there's accountability on both sides and helping people then to behave professionally you know from where i sit i get um the business rationale as a consumer of you know accessing more convenient cleaning services and i also understand the impact rationale behind improving the livelihoods of you know some of the most important you know workers in in economies um in this case the swipsters but how are you warming up to your markets do you have numbers that you could share on some of the milestones that you've achieved so far um yeah so you know there's been great growth in in the south african market and i think you know in the recent um last you know 6 7 months or so in the kenyan market as well um in in both markets covid had an impact for sure we've made a really strong recovery we reached our 1 millionth booking uh at the end of october last year um we're servicing um you know thousands of of um of customers thousands of homes tens of thousands of of homes um per month um and so yeah you know really really solid growth and i think what we're looking forward to is the expansion into and and growth of these different verticals that we've gone into so the outdoor services you know the sort of artisanal um electricians plumbers handyman services and then also growth into new markets so very excited about um you know our kenyan operations we've hired three engineers uh, in kenya uh, in addition to our ops team and then also looking at west africa as another really interesting potential market Let's, let's talk about your early days as an entrepreneur of course i understand that you're um a geneticist how was the switch to being an entrepreneur from being a geneticist i love i mean i, I love absolutely love science i love um i'm a, just by nature very curious i i just want to know about the world and how the world works i want to know about people and how people work and biology and so i i sort of think of genetics and and biology as my my first love in many ways but i think there are lots of crossovers you know i think i think like as a scientist you you do experiments you you ask questions about the world or the universe and you use experimentation to help to help you answer those questions or hypotheses and i think you're doing the same thing when you're building a business you're you know you have a hypothesis our hypothesis was that if we built a platform that could connect two sides of the home services market together it would improve the experience of both sides and then we had to test it by first building an mvp and you know and and trialing that in the market and then building more and more assumptions onto it so i don't think that there are too many differences between mm-hmm. genetics and and entrepreneurship or science and entrepreneurship but 
the difference, the big difference is that you've got a market that you've got to satisfy and your problem is a problem that, that can be solved or should be solved at scale as an entrepreneur, particularly a tech entrepreneur. And so this is why entrepreneurship for me really drew me because I felt as a scientist, I was quite removed from the day-to-day -day problems of, of South Africans, of Africans. Um, and particularly, you know, the genetics and, and gene therapy. And, and I thought, you know, as a young South African, as a young black woman who had had a good education, you know, a good skill set. I felt I really should be dedicating some of my career to solving like, you know, large scale problems, unemployment, um, lack of access to digital products and services, um, education, again, you know, financial inclusion, those sorts of things, like the, the sorts of things that in my mind move societies forward. Let's talk about money, you know, investment. I, I, I read somewhere that um, you, you and your partner built um, Sweep South through um, bootstrapping and mm. some of it had to involve incurring quite some heavy personal expenses. Um, <laughs> could, you, could you delve into that journey a little bit? Yeah, so um, we wanted to first build something that we felt very confident in before even thinking of approaching investors. Um, and obviously by this time, you know, we'd resigned from our jobs, so we weren't earning an income. And so to help, you know, pay our own expenses and the business expenses um, over about 15 months, we ended up selling our, well, firstly, we, we had our savings, which we used. We then cashed in our pension. Um, yeah, any other sort of like little investments and things that we had. And then we ended up selling our house and selling everything in our house from, you know, our bed and the and the bedding to like all our yeah couch wow. tv everything um yeah like cutlery even like literally everything <laughs> um and um yeah it was just it was important for us to to have our own skin in the game um and again just to you know have a measure of traction before before approaching investors it's not something in hindsight you like I, I think it was pretty extreme in hindsight like you know i think entrepreneurs probably shouldn't like you don't cutlery. need to go that far yeah it's not the cutlery keep the save the cutlery <laughs> um you know i think you can you can like we literally went for everything i think you can use your savings or your pension or you know whatever relatively liquid assets you have okay so here you are um you found a niche that you're passionate about you've um, you've put in your, your personal stake literally into the business and you've developed an MVP. What was that sign that, you know, signified to the business that it's time maybe to go seek out an investor, you know, before you, you got um, into a partnership with, say, future growth? So I think we weren't necessarily um, looking for investment. So, you know, future growth was in the last year or so. Um, our first, first investment was an angel investment from Newtown Partners, who are a South African early stage fund run by Vinnie Lingham, who's a South African entrepreneur who's now based in California um, and, you know, and, and has done really well. Um, and so, you know, had chosen to 
to to invest in other South African entrepreneurs. Um, and you know, our first exposure to to investors was actually just going to a pitching conference, and pitching. And Vinny was one of the judges and came to us after our pitch and said, you know. And it wasn't even pitching for funding. It was just pitching, I don't know, like <laughs> or pitching for a prize, which, which wasn't investment. And also, you know, we wanted to just pitch to an audience where we hoped some people would become Sweep South customers. Um, and this was like five, six months into after launching, um, about six months since we built the platform and launched and then another six months. And then we did this pitching competition. So about, you know, a year of working on the thing um, from scratch. Um, and yeah, I mean, we were, we were not really prepared for an investment conversation. And again, in hindsight, we really should have been because we were running out of money very quickly, but we were fortunate, really fortunate to have, um, Vinny and Lou come on board and then raise subsequently from more sort of institutional investors in South Africa and, and abroad. Um, but I think we knew from the get go that we were probably, we would need to fund the business through investment. And so purposefully built a business, built the business in a way that, you know, it would look good for investors when that time came. I think we just didn't know when the time would come. We didn't really plan it very well. At this point, I'm aware that uh, the company has raised, I think, over $6 million in funding from all the way from Vini to Naspa's, uh, the Foundry, Future Growth, Smolan Group and other investors. What's the expansion plan after Kenya? Um, so I'm, I'm currently in Lagos, um, evaluating this as, as a market, you know, absolutely love, love the energy here. So it, you know, it would be, it would be great to look at this, um, as, as our next market. Um, I think in terms of overall strategy, we, we recognize that this platform works well in emerging markets where you have similar issues around home services and access to home services and unemployment and underemployment, particularly in the informal sector. And so wherever those problems exist, and again, you know, there are many emerging markets, large um, emerging market economies that have the same challenges. Right. Um, Weep South is a great solution for addressing those. So our big growth avenues come from international expansion and then the rollout of these additional verticals um, into more and more markets. How do you decide whether you want to, to get into, into a market? So for example, how did you decide to get into Kenya from South Africa? And what are some of the things that you're, you're evaluating in Lagos? Yeah, so, um, you know, in addition to some of the socioeconomic factors that I just spoke about, I think um, things that make a market interesting for us are, um, so internet penetration, smartphone penetration, um, it needs to be, you know, relatively high and well-established for a market to make sense in the near future. Um, we also look at uh, the sort of broader tech ecosystem. And that's because often other tech uh, companies make really great partners for the first few years post entry into a market. So, you know, can we partner with an Uber? Can we partner with a, a Jumia, Safeboda, a, a Glovo, et cetera? Um, and, and that also sort of speaks to just, you know, the, the sort of penetration of uh digital services, you know, if people are ordering Ubers successfully in a market, it's more likely that they're going to be happy and comfortable with the idea of ordering home services. Uh, we also look at ease of doing business. So, you know, if it's really, really complicated 
to set up an entity um, and you know and just in general to do business that 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 obviously makes us reconsider a market um, and then also just culture in general um, you know we we like markets with a culture of sort of a good pace of progress fast moving um, you know you want to see sort of growth of a middle class you want to see government wanting to facilitate that sort of thing um, so yeah, those are those are just some of the things we look at. But with every market, it's really important for um, members of the team to spend some time in the market to get a, a an in market feel of what it's like. Last question I have for you today, um, you know, now that you've traveled, you know, the whole the whole journey from bootstrapping to raising funding to expanding operations in, from um, South Africa, Kenya, and now entering Nigeria. What more should we expect in future from Sweep South? Um, so, you know, I think I think just just growth and you know and and ideally explosive growth in terms of um, the number of bookings that we have on the platform, in terms of revenue, in terms of new markets that we enter into. I think what we're also trying to do is build an ecosystem, so a true platform ecosystem around a lot of these services. So I spoke a little bit about you know, the, the added benefits of being on the platform, like, you know, digital literacy and education, um, financial inclusion and financial literacy. And so we see a real opportunity with partners to build some of these services into the platform. Um, you know, we offer insurance as an example on the platform uh, for, you know, for all of your bookings. Um, how can we extend insurance offerings to to a range of financial services and products that we can offer to both our customers and to um, sweep stars, the service providers on the platform. So there's there's a, a lot of opportunity for growth um, within this this sector, within this industry. And I mean, frankly, that's why I, I think it's so exciting building a business on the continent, because as much as they're challenges, they're these huge opportunities to leverage uh, what you've built to help address those challenges and in doing so to build a really, really strong moat around your business. All right, that's going to be it. To our listeners, that was Aisha Pandor, this founder of SwipSouth. We're definitely going to have more more conversations about operating in, uh, in the informal sector. Thank you so much for joining us on this show, Aisha. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Ali.